lesson. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, so we're at Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to start there. We're looking at Noah and the ark. Now, next week we'll look at Noah and the flood. So, so we're just mainly focused in on the ark and some things that we uh, can learn about that. So we'll start off in uh, Genesis 5. Genesis 5. We'll be looking at several verses of Scripture uh, in Genesis, not just Genesis 5 and 6, but some others uh, as well. Uh, but we're going to start off in Genesis chapter 5 uh, here in just a moment. But um, we, our last study, we looked at, or one of our studies, we looked at Enoch. And uh, we know, like Enoch, Noah also walked with God. And I think that's real important to understand, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that today. Um, and for this reason, I believe, it appears that God chose Noah to build the ark. You know, we talked about Mary last week, and uh, God chose her. Uh, in other words, she was already right with God, right? Uh, and I believe God still works that way today. And then let her be there underneath introduction. The Bible reveals that God chose those, I'm sorry, God chooses those who walk with Him to do great and mighty things for Him. I think that's important. You know, there's a lot of people that pray and maybe even earnestly desire to be used greatly by God, but they don't want to walk with Him, you know. Um, uh, we'll never be faithful in big things if we're not faithful in little things first. Does that make sense? And so God works that way. Now, we're not talking about being saved. We're talking about believers. And so, so letter C there is, though, uh, the ark is a picture of salvation. And certainly the only way to be saved is God's way. There's... There's not many roads to heaven. There's only one. Jesus said, I'm the door. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. And we'll even look at that again during our message this morning. And uh, so God has a way of salvation. And certainly the ark is a picture of that uh, as well. So we're going to jump right into this. Number one, let's talk about Noah. Uh, the name Noah in the Hebrew simply means rest. And uh, we know that uh, Noah's father, we have some uh, details as far as lineage goes. And uh, Noah's father, uh, Lamech, or Lamech, I think is how you say it, uh, not only named him, but also prophesied concerning Noah. And sometimes this is missed. That's why I wanted to bring it up. But in Genesis chapter 5, verse 28, uh, says, Lamech lived 180 and two years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, and here's the prophecy, this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands, because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And uh, we remember from our study of uh, Adam in the garden and the fall of man uh, that the, the curse of the ground uh, mentioned in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, that's what Lamech was, or Lamech was talking about there. And so the curse, no doubt. Now, Noah's about, I think, nine generations. I think it's on your notes, isn't it? Yeah, Noah's nine generations uh, since Adam. And uh, so, so that curse was still in effect and really still in effect today as well. And so that's what the name Noah means. Also, let's talk about Noah's character. And uh, we're going to read some scriptures here that are somewhat interesting, uh, a lot of controversy behind these, and we're not going to delve into that today, but we'll make some mentions because I want to kind of keep the focus here on what I believe God would have us to learn. Uh, but the, the earth uh, during the days of Noah were filled with wicked people and violence. Now notice what uh, chapter 6, verse 1 through 5 says. And it came to pass when man, men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, uh, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. 
And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Uh, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also from that, and also after that, that's a very important phrase, by the way, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, uh, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now notice verse 5, and here's where I really want to focus. We'll talk about these other verses too. But verse 5 is really what I want us to focus on this morning. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now most of us that know this story know that Noah, uh, his wife, his three sons, and their wives, so that's eight people, so out of all the population of the earth at that time, only eight people were found righteous before God. When we say the whole world was filled with violence, you know, we, we look at the world today. Is the world pretty bad shape? Yes, it is. But I would contend it's not as bad as it was in the days of Noah. You know, I, I know it's bad, okay? But when you look at it, out of all the people that were on the planet, certainly far less than there is now, or at least we think. We don't know that, by the way. But there might have been more. But, but again, we, we look at that. Out of all the people on the planet, only eight, according to what God said, were righteous. Now, do I think things will get worse? Absolutely. Uh, but, but we just need to remember some things. And we'll kind of revisit that thought uh, here in just a moment. And uh, so, so again, uh, we looked at some verses there. Now, I do want to, uh, by the way, let's also read uh, 11 and 13 with that as well. Uh, because it mentions again, the earth uh, also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And uh, verse 13, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth." And so a very sobering thought there. Now, I do want to make mention, and, and I know we could probably spend all day talking about verses 1 through 5, and it's a very interesting subject. There's a lot of good men, uh, what I mean by that, uh, theologians that see it differently. Um, uh, I, I'm not settled on any particular one, um, but a lot of times we see that as uh, angels possibly uh, uh, having relations with, with women, um, your pastor believes that really what we're talking about is the line of Seth and the line of Cain, okay? And so now there's other good people that believe differently, uh, that it was uh, uh, angels and women that uh, had babies together. Um, I just, I can't really, I can't really settle on, I did that, I just don't, I don't see that, okay? Uh, but I could be wrong. Okay, but, uh, uh, but there are others that see it as a godly line of Seth. Uh, that is uh, uh, Adam's son, if you will, after uh, uh, Abel had been killed by Cain, and then the line of Cain as well. And so those are two different uh, views there. Uh, again, I'm not, I don't think it's blasphemy to, to, to believe in one or the other. Um, but uh, the main thing I want us to understand for today is that as in the days of Noah, as it says in verse 5, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, the whole earth. Okay, Despite how that really got there, uh, that's, that's the thing that I want us to focus in on. Okay, So that was the, uh, the situation that Noah found himself in. Notice 2 Peter 2.5 under letter B, um, talking about God, and spared not the old world. So he's talking about the world before the flood, but save Noah the eighth person, 
a preacher of righteousness. So Noah was a preacher uh, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And so we also see under letter B, far as his character goes, so we see the earth was filled with wicked and wicked people and violence. But number two there, underneath letter B, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Notice verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that's comforting to me. I know we live in a terrible world, but if Noah could find grace in the sight of the Lord, we can find it today too, right? And so that's a wonderful, wonderful thought to think about. And so number three, his character according uh, to Genesis 6, 9, it says, These are the generations of Noah. Um, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. What's that mean that he was perfect in his, uh, uh, well, it doesn't say perfect, uh, that, uh, well, I lost my place there. Um, verse, uh, where am I at? Uh, Verse 9, verse 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and perfect, yeah, it says perfect in his, that means complete in his generations. What does that mean? He's just talking about the, the people that were alive when he was alive. You know, we would say his contemporaries. So, so during this time when the violence was filled with the earth, or filled the earth with the people there, uh, he had a, a great character. He was found certainly uh, just. As it says there, Noah was just. Uh, he was perfect in his generations, and certainly he walked with God. But it also says there in verse 13 that he communed with God. That's important. We're going to talk about that today in our uh, preaching time. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So the thing is, is even though God was destroying the earth, it says there in that same verse, but Noah was communing with God, and certainly uh, that's why God spared him. So uh, number five, God took notice of Noah's righteousness, and uh, we jump all the way over to chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation." And so for all the above reasons we've talked about so far, God chose Noah to do a great work for him, uh, of course, uh, in building uh, the, the ark. And uh, so uh, letter C there, that takes us into his faith uh, and, and service. Uh, God certainly already had warned Noah of the coming flood. Uh, we read about that um, in a couple different, uh, different couple places there in Genesis 6. So go back to Genesis 6. We will kind of be jumping back and forth here for a minute or two. It says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. Uh, we've read this. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Again, he says in verse 17, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth, destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. And so certainly uh, we... We'll look at Hebrews 11 here in just a little bit. Uh, uh, well, actually, we, I think we, I, missed, I skipped over it, didn't I? Um, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't get to it yet. Sorry about that. But, oh, there it is, right underneath where we was talking about. So, so God warned Noah of the coming flood. So Noah believed God, uh, although no one had seen it rain before. We know, too, that before the time of the flood, it had never rained. Uh, the water was in the ground. A mist came up. Uh, and so that took faith, just believing that. Um, we don't have a hard time believing that now, but certainly back then it would have took an amount of faith. And so, again, this is all about faith. Faith, faith moved Noah into service for God. 
And that's why the Bible says in Hebrews eleven seven, by faith, it says, there on your notes, Noah being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, we're going to talk about that, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So we always want to remember that Noah wasn't saved because he was a good person. Now his righteousness revealed that he had faith. You know, that's, we always need to understand that. We never want to, even in the Old Testament, we never want to connect good works with being right with God because the Bible says how many are righteous? None. None are righteous. So it's through simple faith. Now that faith will produce good works, okay? And, but so what Noah did revealed that he had faith in God despite the rest of the world except for his immediate family didn't. And so, so again, by faith, Hebrews 11, 7 says, that's very, very important. And so number two, Noah building the ark did two things concerning, or I'm sorry, according to Hebrews uh, 11, 7, certainly it saved his family, that, that's what it means by his house, uh, his family, but it also condemned the world. And, and here's a thought here, and we, we might take a little time to comment on this uh, if you'd like. Uh, notice number three, uh, sometimes God's people are persecuted because doing what is right for your family, according to the word of God, really condemns the rest of the world. I think I've shared with you a lady one time that uh, uh, she was coming to church and would weep and, and, and God was dealing with her. And um, uh, actually, no, that wasn't her. This, that's another story. This was an individual. Um, a man that I felt like God was really dealing with. To this day, I don't know if he got saved or not. But here's what he told me. He said, you know, I loved my dad, and his dad had passed away. He said, me and my dad were, were as close as, as, as a son and dad could get, according to how he felt. And basically what he told me was, he says, if I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, I'm condemning my dad. Because I know my dad didn't believe I know my dad didn't get saved. My dad didn't believe in none of this. Matter of fact, he hated religion. He had, hated anything to do with it. So I know that he, so if I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, I am truly saying that I'm going to heaven and he's not. Isn't that terrible? I mean, it just broke my heart. And uh, so I, I hope, <laughs> I hope he, he got saved. I, I left before, before I got to talk to him. So what I'm saying is there's what we're talking about. What Noah did, it condemned the world. And sometimes because we're living for the Lord, because we're doing right, sometimes when family wants to, you to engage in things that are ungodly, okay, when you don't do that, you're not, you're not but your act actually condemns them. And that's why they sometimes get upset and respond in, in ways, you know, oh, you just think you're better than us, you know, you're self-righteous, you know, all these types of things. And we haven't said a word, we're just doing what God told us to do, okay? Uh, and so, so certainly that is reflected, and so simply living for the Lord will cause some to think that you are judging them. Uh, Paul mentioned this, he's at Antioch, now not Antioch of, of Syria, but Antioch of Pisidia, Pisidia I think is how you say it. He says uh, in Acts 13, 46, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, talking to Jews, but seeing you put it from you, notice what it says, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. So a lot of times when people get upset because you're following the Lord's will, 
really their anger and their displeasure is really they're judging themselves. You're not, but they are. Now they'll blame it on you. And uh, so, so again, it's just something there to think about, and I certainly see that in Noah, okay? So we'll pause right there. just wanted to give a, a chance to respond to that or if anybody wanted to say something along, you know, along those lines. Okay, all right. Uh, look at uh, number four uh, underneath letter C, uh, his faith and service. Noah did all that God commanded him to do. Um, in Genesis 6, 22, uh, it says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he, certainly talking about the ark, uh, chapter 7, verse 5, and Noah did according unto all that the Lord uh, commanded him. And uh, we read there earlier in 2 Peter 2, 5, uh, that uh, Noah was a preacher. I brought your attention to that. Now, uh, again, there's some differences of opinion here on this as well. Uh, but sometimes we'll say it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. And sometimes people say, well, where do you find that at? Well, let's go back to uh, 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 Genesis uh, chapter 6, verse 3. Notice what it says, And the Lord said, so he's, he sees the evilness in the world. The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. So, you know, his grace was going to come to an end as far as the world was concerned. Uh, for, that he, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Now I see that as God was going to say, in 120 years the flood's coming. Okay, in other words, he, because we know man lived a lot longer than 120 years, even, even really after the days of Noah, okay, and even after the flood. So a lot of times people are saying that's the length of men. Uh, I take that as that in 120 years from the time Noah got this from God, that the earth was going to be destroyed. And in that time, Noah built the ark, okay? So that, now there's some people that don't agree with that, and that's fine. Again, it's not anything that I'm going to, you know, uh, have a fit over one way or the other. Uh, but uh, the thing to remember, though, no matter how long it took, okay, certainly it took a long time, but as it says there, uh, lowercase b, his only converts were the seven members of his family. <laughs> and we've already read that and, and talked about that. And uh, so Noah had many family members that perished in the flood. You say, how do you know that? We'll go back to Genesis 5.30. Go back to Genesis uh, chapter 5, verse 30. And it says, And Lamech, that's Noah's dad, lived after he begat Noah. So after Noah was born, he lived another 590 and 5 years. Notice what it says, and begat sons and daughters. So Noah had a lot of brothers and sisters and no doubt uh, nieces and nephews. And as long as they lived, certainly they multiplied. So, I mean, he probably had thousands, you know, of relatives that also perished in the flood. I mean, that's kind of sad, isn't it? And so, you know, there Noah is. We've already seen there that the Bible says he was a preacher. There's no doubt in my mind that he was preaching the Word of God. And if, uh, if I'm correct, for 120 years he preached the Word of God, right, while building the ark. <laughs> And uh, only his family believed. That's sad, isn't it? And uh, so it just tells you the, the wickedness uh, of the world. It says there, uh, 1 Peter 3.20, there on your notes, which sometimes were disobedient uh, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, uh, was a preparing. And think about Noah preaching the word of God. Noah, what are you building? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm building. This is an ark. There's going to be a flood. It's going to rain. It's going to what? What is rain? That doesn't make sense, okay? Uh, and it says, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. That isn't about baptism. That's just simply saying that the ark lifted up, uh, the water carried them up away from the judgment. 
And so very, very important. So that's Noah's character. Number two, Noah's family that got on the ark. Let's talk about them. They were righteous before God. Uh, Genesis 7, 1 uh, says, uh, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house in the ark, for thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. And uh, so again, according to what the Bible teaches, nobody can be saved because your family is saved, right? You have to make a conscious decision. So we, we believe that. And uh, so I believe it was the same for uh, his family as well. No doubt God used Noah, and Noah certainly made it a point, you know, to, you know, in other words, witness to them. Uh, no doubt he, he was adamant about uh, this judgment coming. And so Noah certainly saw to it that his family would be saved. Um, Genesis 6.18, it says um, uh, there, Genesis 6.18, uh, But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives uh, with thee. Uh, I think that's uh, um, uh, you know, telling us that, that Noah was certainly uh, dedicated to, to seeing uh, his, his family saved. Um, we read it there in Hebrews 11.7 already. Um, uh, verse uh, seven, one, or chapter 7, verse 1, uh, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come uh, thou and all thy house into the ark, uh, for thee have I, uh, for, I'm sorry, for thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. So again, Noah, Noah certainly saw to it that his family uh, would, would be saved, uh, and certainly they were blessed by God because of that. Uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, uh, this was after you know, the flood and things began to uh, fall back in place the way they needed to. Uh, but John chapter 9, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And uh, so, so again, uh, we could say that, that Noah did a good job, right? I mean, nobody else in the world listened. He didn't win anybody else to the Lord, but he won his family, and uh, praise the Lord for that. Notice letter B, and this is the challenge. Uh, if Noah could raise his family for God in that wicked generation, so can we. Amen. You know, I'm afraid a lot of Christians throw in the towel sometimes, you know. And, uh, you know, well, what's the use? What's the use? Well, here's a good example. <laughs> you know, uh, think about it. He preached for 120 years was literally building an ark that's 450 foot long, okay? And we'll look at the dimensions here in just a minute. I mean, this wasn't just a little boat. This was huge. Uh, and, and talked about rain, uh, yet uh, in the end, only his family would be saved. Uh, but we can do it, amen? And, of course, uh, thanks, thanks be to God for that. So letter C there, all people on the earth today are descendants of Noah and his three sons. That's also important to understand. Uh, Genesis chapter 9, uh, verse 19. Genesis chapter 9, verse 19. We'll take time for some questions here in just a moment. He says, the are, uh, These are the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. So that's important. We also see in Genesis chapter 10, verse 32, uh, a familiar, you know, sounds the same. These are the families of the sons of Noah after their generations in their nations, and by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. So we're all descendants of, of Noah 
uh, this uh, this morning. Uh, you know, certainly we don't really know which sons, but but certainly we are. There's some some teaching on that that makes kind of sense, but we're not going to get into all that today. But uh, uh, all people on the earth today are descendants of Noah. It says there is uh, representatives of all future generations. God made a covenant with Noah and his three sons. Let's look at that because, you know, the rainbow has been hijacked uh, by some evil and wicked people, and that's a shame. Uh, but it says in Genesis chapter 9, verse 9, we see here after the flood, um, notice what God says, and I, behold, and I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. So there's these future generations. And with every living creature that is with you of the fowl, of the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. So God is promising that he'll never destroy the earth again with a flood. Neither uh, shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. So God is going to give him a sign to remind him that he will not destroy the earth anymore with a flood. In verse 13, I do set my bow in the cloud. What is that? We see that today as a rainbow. Uh, and it shall be a token of a covenant between me and the earth. So again, there's some wicked people that have hijacked that. Uh, but uh, uh, when we as believers, when we see a rainbow, we could be reminded of the grace of God and we could be reminded of that promise uh, as, as well. And uh, so very, uh, very important uh, piece there that we should remember as well. Now we'll take a pause here for just a moment and we'll talk about the ark itself and uh, some of the things uh, connected with that. Does anybody have any questions or comments though before we move on? I know I kind of threw a lot out there. I was wanting to leave a little time toward the end as we make some application there. Uh, Miss Anita? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Yes, amen. Mm -hmm. Right, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Anita, bringing up again, you know, uh, Noah did all that preaching. Uh, uh, only uh, his immediate family got saved, but I mean, most of us probably today, maybe not all of us, but most of us probably have a brother and sister, right? And we love them, right? And I'm sure Noah felt the same way about his brothers and sisters the same way we do. Uh, and so no doubt it was heartbreaking, you know, to, to see that. But as Miss Anita brought up again, I mean, we still have to keep preaching. We still, listen, at the end of the day, it's between God and that individual. We can't save anybody, can we? All we can do is share the gospel and live in a way that pushes them toward Christ uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's their decision to make. It's their decision to make. Anybody else? I thought I saw... Oh, Brother Bob? Get you just a second, Brother Bob. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, amen. Yeah, amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah, amen, amen, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right, amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Sure. Right. Amen. Amen. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's echoing really a lot what Miss Anita was saying. You know, it, it does seem like the the enemy is winning, but but it's not. You know, uh, even though the majority probably aren't saved, God's still on the throne, right? Uh, and we just need to keep living for Him. And uh, and uh, although the world does evangelize Christians probably better than we evangelize the world, a lot of traditions and things have uh, infiltrated uh, special things to God that had meaning. You know, the rainbow is one instance. Uh, male and female created he them. That's certainly under attack. You know, so there's a lot of things uh, that uh, are, are uh, designed by the devil to discourage us. But again, Noah stayed steadfast. That's important. That's important. One second, brother. Uh, brother Brad? Sure. Right. Mm hmm. Right. Mm hmm. Right. Amen. Sure. Right. We reject the, the entirety of it. Okay. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to move on because I want to get to one last thing here. Let's look at the ark. Um, we know, and I'm not going to read these for time's sake, but you can read them there. But we know it was made out of gopher wood. Now, we don't have no way of knowing what that is. A lot of people try to speculate what it was. We just don't know, okay? Uh, it may not even exist anymore. But we knew that it was made out of gopher wood. We have the dimensions of it. Now, in the Bible, they used cubits, okay? And uh, so it tells us there in uh, ver chapter 6, verse 15, that it was 300 cubits. Uh, a cubit... Um, uh, again, most believe was from like a man's elbow to the tip of his finger. Um, uh, so they estimate about 450 feet. You know, that's an estimation. Uh, I think people were bigger. I think Noah was probably a lot bigger than us, so it could be even be bigger. Uh, but even if we stick with these dimensions, we're still good as far as what God said happened. Uh, the width, 50 cubits, which is 75 foot, and the height, 30 cubits, which is 45 feet. Again, you got to take all this with a grain of salt. But so we're looking at a length of 450 foot. Uh, the wide was 75 foot, 45 foot tall. Uh, letter C, uh, it had three levels. It reveals that in Genesis 6, 16. It had many rooms. It was waterproof. Um, it had a, a window or what we might call a line of windows. I'm not really clear on this at the top. I know sometimes we see pictures. I think they really pointed more upwards. And I'll, we'll look at that here in just a little bit. Um, it had a door on the side, of course, and we'll talk about that. And it had a covering over it uh, as well. And uh, so those are some things you can read about uh, there with the scripture references. Um, its capacity, as Brother Brad was alluding to there, there are a lot of people that say that's impossible. But even those that don't believe, even non-Christians will tell you, yeah, that was possible. You could have done it. And so it's been, I'm not going to go into this because it's, it's to me, it's good, you know, but, but it's been proven time and time and time and time again for many, many years. Uh, but uh, it's been estimated, again, these are things you have to take with a grain of salt, uh, 10,000 species, that would include, you know, all types of things. Uh, the average animal size, I did think this was interesting, was that of a sheep. Uh, no doubt they 
you know, probably could have took babies, not full-grown animals. That's been a, something else as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's been proven over and over that it's possible for the ark to hold all the Bible says that it did, even by those dimensions. And they could, it could have been bigger, actually. And uh, so, so, again, the ark there. So this is what I wanted to get to. There on the back, pictures in the ark. And, and of course, uh, man, it's amazing to think about that. And I like to get into the details by that. I'm not dismissing. Uh, but for today, I wanted to get to this. Um, and uh, so what do we learn from the ark? Uh, namely, as I mentioned already, it is a picture of salvation. Amen. That's, that's the main teaching of this. And uh, so number one, uh, might be a typo there. There is only one door. Okay. Um, there was only one door on the ark. We, we saw that a while ago. Now, when it comes to salvation, Jesus, really, I should say, Jesus is the only door. And he tells us that in John chapter 10, verse 7 through 9. Number two, the ark was covered inside and out with pitch. We didn't read those, okay? Uh, I want us to turn to the book of John, chapter 17, because I think this is important as well. You know, we're studying patterns of the tabernacle uh, in our Sunday morning series, and I think the ark is a great pattern as well for a lot of spiritual truths. Um, don't have time to delve into all that, but, but uh, John chapter 17, I did want to read this particular passage of Scripture, John 17, verse 15. So again, the ark was covered inside and out with pitch. In other words, it was waterproof. And so uh, it says underneath there, lower case A, the Christian is in the world, but not part of the world. Just think about the ark. It was on the water, but the water wasn't to come in, right? And uh, so, again, we learn a great lesson here. Verse 15, uh, this is uh, Christ's high priestly prayer for us even today. Uh, Jesus says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but, thou, but that, that thou should keep us them from the evil. Think about that ark, okay? Uh, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word uh, is truth. And so the Christian, we are in the world, amen. Uh, we should be, you know, but we're not to be a part of the world. And I think that's real important uh, as well. Uh, there was a window that we talked about. I believe it looked skyward, uh, and certainly the Christian's affections should be on the things above, not on the earth. We're on the earth, uh, but we need to live vertically, right? We, we need to see God high and lifted up at all times, right? Uh, not not uh, uh, horizontally, but vertically. Number four, uh, it rained for 40 nights. And the number 40 uh, is an uh, interesting number. It pictures uh, affliction or judgment. Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, uh, in Ezekiel, we find a prophecy concerning Egypt that it would be ruined for 40 years. Uh, judgment was going to fall on Nineveh. Uh, once Jonah had preached, he said, in 40 days, uh, judgment will come. Now, they repented and didn't go through that. They did uh, several centuries later, but, or a couple centuries later. But, uh, uh, but uh, we see that number 40 a lot of times in connection with, with affliction or judgment. Uh, we know, too, that God shut Noah and his family in the ark. And certainly, uh, Jesus would tell us that no one can pluck him out of, our, out of his hands. Amen. That's why we believe once we're saved, we're always saved. Uh, and uh, certainly um, uh, God shut Noah and his family in the ark. They were safe in there. We're certainly safe in God's hands uh, as well. Uh, we didn't get into details for time's sake, but the covering for the ark, uh, we know that God covered Adam and Eve. We touched on that with animal skins after they had sinned. 
uh, in our series uh, on the patterns of the tabernacle. Remember, we spent a whole message talking about the different layers of the covering of the tabernacle. And certainly, most importantly, as all of this points to, is Christ's blood is the Christian's covering. We read about that in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12 through 14. Now, always remember that when somebody gets saved, it's not just covered in the sense as it was in the Old Testament. It's covered, but it's actually taken away. Amen? It's as God sees us as if we had never sinned. Amen? And so we praise the Lord for that. And then number seven, Noah and his family were saved from, ter from a terrible judgment. And God has always saved a remnant. Um, uh, the nations of Israel... Uh, the nation of Israel, that is, uh, when destroyed by Babylon, had that remnant, if you remember. Uh, the church uh, will be saved from the tribulation period. Aren't you glad about that, that we don't have to go through the tribulation period? And then also during the, the uh, tribulation, uh, speaking of the 144,000 sealed Jews, uh, Jewish evangelists, if you will, they'll, they'll be sealed, also referred to as a remnant there in Revelation 7. And uh, so, so again, uh, you know, we see a lot of patterns, a lot of spiritual truths concerning Noah uh, and the ark. And so I know that was a pretty broad swath I took there, but, but I kind of wanted to get through this in one lesson. Next week, we'll look at the flood itself. I don't think I, I uh, uh, flicked my clicker any, did I? Let's see here. I thought I had something up here. Uh, whoop, wrong way. Okay, yeah, there's a... This is a a representation of the ark. Um, this is the one up in Kentucky. Um, uh, you all gifted me and my family a trip to that. Uh, I think the wards have been. Has anybody else been up to see this yet? Okay, uh, Miss Becky, some others, uh, Brother Howe. If you get a chance, you should do it. It's, it's really neat. It's really neat. You should go do that. Uh, check out their creation museum as well uh, up north of there. To me, I liked it better than the ark. But, uh, uh, but this is the dimensions I read to you earlier, uh, that's an actual life size. It's, uh, it's neat. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing what they did. Um, now, next week, we'll be looking at Noah and the flood. So we just looked at the ark. We'll actually talk about the flood uh, next week. Okay. All right. Okay. Any questions before we get gone? We've got just a minute or two before we're dismissed. Any questions, comments? 